head over to GameToppersLLC.com so that you can go ahead and get yourself ready. You're hearing from Ignacy today, and he's talking about, hey, you're coming back from vacation. You know you've got to have those games ready to go because you're getting ready. It's going to be the winter months here in the Northern Hemisphere. You're going to lock yourself down just because you don't get out in the cold. Wouldn't it be nice to set up that beautiful board game on that incredible topper? Yes, it would. Or better yet, do like Marty has his P500, his GMT games laid out, ready to be filmed, to play those games via whatever he's doing it by. He's not doing it live. He's recording it somehow, but it would look so good on Game Toppers. That's right. Go check them out, GameToppersLLC.com. y'all it's time for rolling dice and taking names in this episode ignacy from portal games joins the guys to talk about upcoming releases from portal however in typical rdtn fashion they squirrel from sports to coin games to how ignacy learned english to how board gamers use youtube and finally yoga Hello, hello, Ignacy Check Portal Games, and I'm a special guest of uh, episode 236 of Rolling Dice and Taking Names, and with me, very two excited gentlemen, well, at least one of them, Marty and Tony, hello, hello, hello. Good morning, and this is episode, like you said, 236, give me some money. Yeah, this we told him right before this, he was supposed to say the title of the episode. Should we make him do it again? We can make him do it again. No, this is just perfect. This is what we expect. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sponsor of the show, so I thought it is your line, like, give me something. Like <laughs> oh, okay, we got that out of the way. Good. So we got to make the disclaimer at this point. So this is episode 236, Give Me Some Money from Spinal Tap. Now, before we talk about why it's called Give Me Some Money, Ignacy, have you ever seen the movie This Is Spinal Tap? Nope. Oh, do you even know what it is? No, I have no idea what we are talking about. All right, this is a movie that came out in the 80s. It's called a mockumentary. Instead of a documentary, it's mocking documentaries. And it was following this band uh, from uh, uh, England. It was basically, they were trying, it was an older band that was trying to make a, a comeback. It is one of the funniest movies I have ever seen. So it's shot like a documentary, but it's a 100% comedy. And a lot of it's improv and everything. So... Now that you're, uh, probably back then your English wasn't as good to get it. Now that your English is a lot better, go watch This Is Spinal Tap. Highly recommend it. I will use the phrase that I was taught at school that was color me interested or something like that. That means that I'm interested. So yeah, I will. Tony, you've seen it, right? I've seen almost all of it. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I've never made it to the end. Probably the one that I've seen all of it was the mockumentary about the dog shows. Yeah. So, uh, Ignacio, there's a whole series. The guys who made this movie made a whole series of movies based on this. One is based on a dog show. Uh, one is based on folk music. One is based on a little band, a little theater uh, in a small town somewhere. And I'm missing one. Oh, one was based on mascots. It was released, released a couple years ago on Netflix. It was not nearly as good. So why did I call it this besides? Give me some money. It's either because it's a, Ignacy's coming on the show to talk about all these games. And one of them will be coming out uh, on GameFound. Uh, that he's going to need money for. Or it's because it's, it's time for us to ask if he wants to renew our sponsorship. And we're going to ask him to give us some money. And one of his games is called Eleven. 
11. Oh, 11. Oh my gosh. See, you went, you went deep again. So Thank there's you. a, Thank you. 11 is a reference to the movie. This is Spinal Tap. And I don't want to spoil it, but it's one of the most quoted lines in the movie. And when you see it, you'll go, oh, there it is. Never before being a guest at the show, I was so lost at the very beginning. But I, I'm trying to catch up, so I hope I will be fine. Welcome to our show. Yeah. So this is where I could take a shot at you and talk about, yeah, it's kind of like me reading rules to some of your games, but I'm not. Mm. I would not say that to you because your games are amazing, sir. My whole top shelf. Top shelf is dedicated to portal games in my house. I don't know about that. That joke is played out because, Ignacy, uh, your rule books have gotten so much better over the years. So that, that that's not even a joke anymore because it doesn't even apply now. Yeah, I, I got fired from the job. I hired people who can write rule books, <laughs> and yes, and the joke became old. <laughs> and expansions. How about that squirrely? Oh my gosh, look at that. And this is for actually producing a game this past year. And not designing it? And not designing it, getting it produced. <laughs> I mean, what can we say all about uh, <clears throat> Joanna? Yeah, I'm not in the charge of doing expansions as well. Yeah, I'm a tired. <laughs> a tired. <laughs> In fact, we'll talk about how for the next few months, you you got something else that you're going to be working on a lot in the background, try to build up, and that's your YouTube channel. But we'll we'll talk about that in the future. So we had not had on the show in a while. Everything going okay? I know we're right in the middle of the Olympics right now. And uh, we almost didn't get to record today because you said, hey, if Poland is in the gold medal match today... I can't record, which I totally understand. There's a lot of pride in people's countries, you know, uh, playing in the Olympics and everything. But it looks like, I guess, Poland uh, lost a previous match in uh, volleyball. So we are bringing this topic. Okay, guys, this is tough beginning for me. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What? Now, hold on now. I was going to say, make sure we tell what sport was he talking about because I didn't know. I did say volleyball. I, you eventually did. I didn't know. I didn't know if it was soccer or volleyball. There, but did I not eventually say volleyball? Yeah, it took you a while to get there, but that's okay. Oh my gosh! But volleyball. How about that? Are you going to be able to see one of the best volleyball players in the world next year? Because I heard Conti is coming to Poland for volleyball. Yeah, Conti. A few hours ago, he uh, won bronze medal. Uh, Argentina beat uh, Brazil, and I was watching the match. It was amazing, and uh, this guy will play, believe it or not, in the volleyball team that I'm supporting here in Poland. It is our local club oh from my. the yes, from the very small city. So this guy will be very surprised when he arrives here because uh, the club has some successes, but this is a very small town, uh, like probably two restaurants at most. <laughs> so uh, looking forward to uh, see him in the, in the matches. Uh, I will be rooting, I'll be uh, supporting. Uh, big thing for the local club to have uh, such a star. But mm-hmm. this guy will be surprised when he visits. But just the level of play it should bring that club up. I mean, yep. He, yep. he's to watch him, he dissected the USA team. It was unreal. I was like, holy cow. They, they couldn't stop him. And today was the same. And uh, what's even more, when they won the, uh, the bronze medal, I don't know if you know it, his father worked mm-hmm. for Argentina TV, and he was a commentator of this match. Yeah, uh, so he saw his son winning the bronze medal. Very moving moments, uh, really. I haven't been keeping up with this. A couple of days ago, I thought they were set to win the gold. So I guess they they lost a round that put them into the gold. Yeah, because I remember I was I heard this whole story about how you think when you think Brazil, you think football or soccer, and uh, but they said volleyball is that their second 
biggest sport. And so there's a whole story on the Brazil team. So Brazil, Brazil lost, lost to uh, Russia and Argentina lost to France. So France and Brazil are in, uh, in finals and the final will start in uh, six minutes. And uh, in a fight for the bronze medal, Argentina uh, beat Brazil and it was amazing, amazing match. Huge thing for Poland to have Conti come over there. I didn't know he was coming to your club. That's Are you going to get a volleyball sign? Come on, be a fanboy. <laughs> for sure, I will be at the stadium uh, rooting for him. That would be awesome. Now, is that bookcase behind you? Is that in the new house? Yep. Oh, and Mary, Mary did all that. Yeah, basically uh, in 2011 or 10, uh, she built the whole house uh, when I was designing games. And then after these 10 years, we moved out from the house and we moved to the, to the city, uh, to the apartment. And once again, she did all the things. So I was in the office uh, doing business and um, doing games and she was uh, making our home amazing. And she's absolutely superb with this uh, task. Uh, I love it, how, how she prepared everything. Uh, she took the charge on everything, all the furniture, all the renovations, everything. And it is beautiful. Did you saw follow some of that, Marty? Her um, renovations of their new uh, home. Mm -hmm. Oh, she's amazing, and she's on vacation or holiday, and Ignacy's not with her. How do you do that? I want to know. I was hoping to see Mary today, but no, she's gone. 2013, I went with my family for the vacation. I took with me a prototype of Voyage of the Beagle. <laughs> for the whole two weeks, I was fixing the prototype while Mary was sitting with three kids on the beach, uh, trying to you know take care of them. When we get back to Poland, she said, never again, you go with us for vacation. And it was 10 years ago. <laughs> wow. Wow. But this is a good expansion. Hey, guys, everyone loves this expansion. <laughs> so it was worth it in the end. You did a quick pivot from the Olympics too quick. I was going to update. So our, right now, or pretty soon, our baseball team will be playing Japan for the gold medal. And uh, it's a pretty big deal because... Uh, the university that Tony and I graduated from, the baseball team coach or manager is coaching the USA team. So oh, that's cool. We, we got a little bit of local connection there, so we'll we'll be keeping an eye on it. Yeah, y'all just made the pivot too quick. It's like, wait a minute, I'm still looking it up. So sorry, for, sorry for the callback. Yeah. So Ignacy, what's your favorite Olympic sport to watch? Oh, there's a good question. In summer, of course, volleyball, uh, of course, uh, uh, basketball, if there, is a, if there is a time. I don't watch soccer because the soccer teams, the football teams have some special rules that the only young people can play. But And some of the veterans is very confusing. So I'm not watching. And for the all uh, other sports, uh, I just browse what's happening right now. Uh, so there's like uh, to watch everything is volleyball. I can't keep up with the men volleyball because it's kind of like serve set spike you know go to the other there's no volleying volleying to me and i don't know do you watch any of the women volleyball i i agree with you that the woman and men volleyball differs a lot i support and i watch a volleyball woman when there is a national team playing and it is very interesting the actions are much longer much more exciting so when i when i watch a volleyball woman for the for the national team for the clubs, uh, when we are talking uh, clubs, uh, only men, because there's so many matches, I cannot watch everything. Do you ever watch beach volleyball? Too much transmissions. I, I cannot do everything. Have you ever played beach volleyball? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, it's I, I love it just because of the speed. And actually, you do volley more in that one than probably do in the teams. So you play beach, 
beach volleyball, but yet you went to the beach with your wife and kids and you and you didn't get to play on vacation? I ha- I had to finish Images Beagle. You just had to. Essen is right after vacation. You see the timing? Oh, okay. I'm going back to this, Marty, because he had one of his greatest expansions when he was on vacation. Do you see the link here? If he goes on vacation, we get some of the oh, best design. I see. Yeah. Oh, I see what he's saying. So he's saying you need to go on vacation so that you can have an, a really good expansion because you'll be away from the office. You can just sit there and think what about, about the... What about if I send uh, Janaki Janka to vacation? Think about that. Oh! <laughs> there we go. Is that how Barbarians got designed? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no. She wasn't on vacation yet. <laughs> <laughs> She's been, she was a find. She was a find for the Portal team, wasn't she? She's amazing. I'm very proud that she's working with us. Uh, she was working for us part-time when she was still in the college. And uh, after she graduated, uh, we had a, a serious dis- discussion if she wants to follow her uh, college passion and this career, or she prefers to go for the gaming. Uh, she was in a college in the this very complex uh, technical biology, something I didn't understand it even in Polish, not to mention English. But she was really into it. She was really interested in that. She was very proud of what she was graduating. So it was not obvious that she will work for us. Uh, but after all, she decided that the games are amazing and she, she, she liked the company and she decided to follow the path of being game designer and now she's full-time for us. And I'm very, very proud. So I was just thinking about that. So she is following, like you, your footstep. She was uh, like me in a college, uh, mm-hmm. connected with the technic- technical uh, stuff. And yes, she can think uh, technical in the technical way. And yes, this is what you need when you design a game. This game yes. is uh, uh, the theme and the artwork uh, may sometimes distract, but basically these are mathematical mechanism didn't you have your college and you said to your parents nah i'm going to go design board games i told my parents after finishing fourth fourth year so only one year left that i said that i'm dropping college and i'm starting game company yeah and i'm still alive that's strange because they should kick me in the ass and tell me go back to college (laughs) going back to then and this kind of sets up a story that i heard you uh tell me the other day kind of uh, offline so before you went to college, you had said, I guess in the 80s, you had started getting into to miniature games. Is that Did you get into RPGs, miniature games, or board games first? In 1993, for the first time, I hear about role-playing games, and this is the first uh, year of high school. And uh, soon after, a few months later, I learned about miniature games, and I dig uh, miniature games and role-playing games at the same time, with miniature games being super expensive, so it is uh, much slower you know, digging into because of the cost. So as in around 1994, which is my second year in high school, I'm playing role-playing games twice a week and I try to play miniature games. Uh, but as I said, it was very expensive hobby, so it was not that easy. Tell everybody the story that you told me about uh, you learning English through Games Workshop books. Even, even at the beginning, when you were asking me if I watched the, uh, the, the movie, the, uh, the mockumentary, the thing is that... Uh, None of, of you, none of uh, listeners, uh, recognize the fact that today we are all living in the free world, internet, Facebook, Twitch, Snapchat, whatever. Uh, back then in 80s, uh, my childhood was very, very different from uh, your childhood because uh, in 80s uh, there was a Russian forces in Poland. 
And I think that you all know from the history lesson, or maybe from playing Twilight Struggle, from GMT, uh, that was my childhood. Like we had tanks, Russian tanks on the streets. So mandatory in school, mandatory language, foreign language was Russian. So I speak Russian. I can say Spasiba, Harasho, Menya Zavudi, Zignafe, and etc. etc. <laughs> because that's what I was taught in school. And then there is a 1989. You probably heard about the Lech Wałęsa and the whole movement to make a Poland free country. Uh, Russians go back to Russia. Uh, and uh, we are living in a free Poland and no longer I learn Russian, I learn in school English. But this is a high school, so I'm just starting to learn my name is Ignacy, I live in uh, Gliwice, etc, etc. And then I discovered these amazing miniature games like Warhammer Battle, which are in English. So my only option was to buy a dictionary, like a real book, it is before Google Translate. And I was sitting with the rulebook of Warhammer Battle. I was sitting with my dictionary and the word after word, sentence after sentence, trying to understand the rules. And this is basically how I learned uh, how I learned English. Uh, of course, school is important, but a passion to you know decipher the whole book was so much more important. And then I bought a couple of role-playing games in English, like Toon, for instance, uh, because they were not available in Polish. And with games, with gaming, I became a geek and I learned my English. And that was quite fun at school because my vocabulary was very different from my peers. So they were, you know, learning about the kitchen, plate, fork, spoon, etc., etc. And I knew chainmail, sword, axe, horseman, etc., etc. So <laughs> I knew all the vocabulary about the Middle Ages, you know, and fighting and making charges. And while my peers knew about the spoons and forks, that is how I learned English. Isn't that a cool story? That's, that's a very cool story. So if I want to run, uh, learn Polish, I need to pick up a uh, RPG. Maybe one that uh, Ignacy created a long time ago. <laughs> we, 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 can, we can send you Naroshima Tactics, a miniature game uh, only in Polish. So yeah, you can get, get the same path as, as me, a learning miniature game. In a foreign language. So to be honest, Marty, I could not pronounce it. <laughs> the question remains uh, what actual rules we played. Because if I was translating from English to Polish, not knowing English, our Warhammer battle back then was very, very specific. That's for sure. You have a, a love for RPGs and stuff. Do you ever still play miniature games? Uh, yes, I play Blood Bowl quite regularly. And uh, I'm still hoping to play other miniature games. So I still have them at home. And I still dream about having some time to play them. So this path of my passion is not closed. As I said, the Blood Bowl right now, and I'm looking forward to play Warhammer Battle and Hiroshima Tactics and War Machine because I have a gang for War Machine as well. I will play more and more when I have more Janna Kijankas in the office, so they will do the, the job. I guess you've probably been keeping up with, part of this stemmed from, we were having a discussion of, you, you're not a big fan of the Age of Sigmar from Games of Workshop. You prefer the Warhammer fantasy. Is it because of the theme or the rank and file? Do you, is it that you, you like the rank and file over the moving the individual? Yeah, this, okay. yeah, this is, yeah, this, so, uh, probably this is because of the sentiments so, of, in high school, when I discovered miniature games, it was all about the many ranks, flanks, big big forces, and epic scale. Back then, in the early 2000s, there was a war machine, uh, not war machine, a war, war master from a Warhammer battle, like a small scale miniatures with a super epic scale. And this is what drives me. So, uh, of course, I have my gun for a war machine, and this is a skirmish game. 
and I love War Machine as well. Uh, but uh, the most enjoyment I have from uh, uh, from Warhammer Battle and also Song of uh, Ice and Fire. I have my Stark army, and this is also flanks. This is also ranks, correct? You're not a big fan of the big epic Age of Sigmar Warhammer 40k, but would you be interested in their new smaller skirmish? And by I mean skirmish, like uh, eight to twelve models on the board for either a kill team for 40k or war cry for age of sigmar i'm paying attention to kill team and most likely i will buy it at some point because i'm crazy and because i love the lord and i love everything so at some point i will try kill team uh, but at this point i still prefer to have these big big forces so i prefer to have my starks uh, you know taking the whole table for my dwarves for warhammer and having a big big table of miniatures Nah, but yes, Kill Team looks interesting. So one day, maybe. Yeah, I was bringing that up because Games Workshop uh, here in the U.S., I guess probably around the world too, they're, they're going to bring a set of starter boxes out to uh, Barnes & Noble, which is a local uh, mm-hmm. bookstore, but it may be uh, other places too around the world. And they're introducing like a Warcry introduction set, a Kill Team introduction set, and a like a co-op game. So they're like a little bit scaled back. But the idea is just going to be in a regular bookstore for anybody to pick up and play. And we're going to be uh, checking those out here. And I was, uh, Tony doesn't know this, but I'm going to give him the 40K one to put together, assemble and learn. And then I'll do the war cry. And then we can kind of compare and stuff. But it's one of those things that people are listening. It's like, you guys talk about miniatures a lot. What's a good way to get into it? One will be these new starter boxes made specifically just for people who have never played a miniature game before. Tony's so excited. I, I, yeah, I checked that box. Never. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, what are you doing dropping this stuff on me? It's, it is bright and early here. Oh my gosh, you hit me with that. I cannot wait to listen to this episode when Tony will talk, tell us about, you know, doing these miniatures. We used to play miniature. We used to play War Machine all the time. War Machine, you didn't need to glue them together. They were ready miniatures. We have uh, Games Workshop, you need to get them from the Sprangler and then you can glue them. We may be talking about different games because War Machine was from Privateer Press and you did have to assemble them. They were metal. The big junk, yes. But I had this, the Warcasters were, were ready to play. Some of them, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah some yeah, of yeah. them, yes, you're right, you're right. The yep. the unis were ready, but the big guns were to 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 glue them. Yeah, the uh, what were they called? He said warcasters. No, 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 the big uh, the the warjacks, uh, warjacks, warjacks. Yes, warjacks. That's see, I, it. See, I was a hordes player, so I don't know. Y'all keep talking about all that stuff. So yeah, I had the trolls. Oh, my favorite! I don't have that because limitations of having everything. But trolls, I would play trolls. Amazing. They were a blast. I sold my set. Miss them, but I enjoyed putting them together, painting them. I, I don't know if I need to come back down that rabbit hole, Marty. What else What else you got? Dude, you got nothing else going on? Oh, yeah. Says the guy who sells me on everything. Oh, go get this Switch <laughs> game. Oh, wait a minute. You don't need that PlayStation 5. Oh, wait. Here's a couple of board games for you. Oh, wait. We're getting ready to do some reading here on the channel because we've got to go get some manga. You haven't got to read manga if you don't want to. I didn't say you had to go read manga. I've got my friends on my Discord channel that will read manga with me. We're doing a book club, Ignacy. We're going to be uh, basically picking a manga series or book series and then read it, then get together in our Discord channel and discuss it. That's amazing. Where's the Portal Discord channel? I haven't joined that one yet. Is there a Portal Discord channel? Yeah, we do have one. Okay. So I got to get on that. I'm on it. You're on it? Oh, of course I'm on it. And the, some of them are on ours. I think Ignacy's a member of ours. I know Luke is. I am on yours as well, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he posts as much as I do, I guess. 
<laughs> more or less. Probably, probably more. <laughs> I'm- hey, did y'all hear the story about uh, there was uh, it was either the UK or, F- or French government giving they wanted to get their uh, students exposed to art and literature. So they gave students a certain amount of money and they were supposed to go use it to go, you know, go to museums, buy books, uh, go see plays, et cetera, kind of get exposed to art. And over 60% of the money they used to go buy manga. That was their exposure to art and literature as they bought manga. And I thought, okay, that's pretty cool. That's good. <laughs> probably, probably not what they're expecting, but still, hey, you've picked up a book and started reading. Oh, speaking of French art and literature, I did that Van Gogh exhibit that's touring in the United States. I don't know if it's come to Poland, Ignacy, where you go and look at Van Gogh's art. It's, it's very not interactive, but it's video screen. Have you seen that yet? Is that going around over there? No, no. Okay. No, no. Okay. I'm going to help you. You got to know Van Gogh to benefit from it. I did not know Van Gogh, and therefore it was kind of lost on me. That's, uh, I'll leave it at that. So that one failed. <laughs> that sounds like a slogan. Do you know Van Gogh? <laughs> then go to Van Gogh. Everywhere we went on the signs, they even said, before you go see Van Gogh, go to the restroom or do you need to go g-o-g-h for the to the restroom everywhere where they could have used go g-o they use g-o-g-h i was like oh oh good grief he does this to me ignacy he says you need to try or oh don't try this but i'm gonna make you feel guilty by looking at you with these sad puppy dog eyes if you don't go do this stuff and i'm now having to learn which i hear you've bought into his hysteria of coin games yep that's on rodney smith i have to admit this is not marty's fault this is rodney he, he did it for all of us don't shield him i know where the <laughs> belongs it's both of them bunch of enablers this year the first time you ever played a coin game ignacy i bought a cuba libre a couple of years ago uh, after after doing research that this is the easiest way from the coin line and everybody was praising the uh, the whole system so i decided i go for the easiest one we played in the office uh, after hours nobody knew what was happening after half of the game we said okay we don't get it uh, just pack it and i packed the game and it was on my two cell uh, pile in the office and this year i got a message uh, from rodney smith that he heard that i love gmt games and uh, if i want to discover a coin system and i said yes i have a coin game i have no clue how to play it and and he said i can teach you and then the madness started and that's exactly what happened to me too i had i also had kuba libra because i heard that was the easier one to get into and so rodney gave me a one-on-one he probably gave you a one-on-one i played before i played with you uh but anyway we ended up uh, Tony, it was me, Ignacy, Rodney, and uh, another friend of ours, uh, Dave Finkel, who lives out uh, in Oregon. And each of us had a Cuba Libra board set up in their place. And by using WhatsApp, uh, basically you would video your uh, turn and send it to everybody. Then everybody would kind of copy or mimic what they just did. And it probably what took us about two weeks to play the full game, two to three weeks. Yep. Yeah. And what is so funny, Tony, is everybody started getting into their roles. Everybody was role-playing. It's like every time you recorded your move, you know, Rodney was, look, I'm the government. I'm here to help you guys. I'm just going to go over here and do this. Don't worry about me coming into your area. I'm not going to mess with you or anything like that. So everybody started doing that. It was so 
much fun. I, I think we were with you when you bought uh, Cuba Libre, uh, Ignacy. Didn't you buy it at like either BGG Con or something like that? That is that is true that I bought it in America when I was in yeah. America. So it may be the case. That's yeah. yeah and that's, I think I think you actually came up and said, "Do you think I should buy this?" And Marty said, "Yes." I'll never say no. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good deal, and we're like, "Yeah, you should go ahead and get that." We don't have it, but we here it's a great game, and maybe you can you know teach us someday. So, uh, how many other coin games do you have? Zero. I bought only Cuba Libre. Uh, that was a failure back then, so I didn't buy any more. And now when uh, Rodney uh, m- helped me play the game, and now I use the P500 system to buy another one. I'm waiting for it. I guess it will take a few more months. Which it one is, is it? Robin Hood? Robin Hood, yes. Uh, yep. I I absolutely love, and this is like a 10 out of 10, a super, uh, super amazing uh, TV show, Robin Hood from BBC, I think, from the 80s. So I became a huge fan of the Robin Hood lore and seeing the game and knowing that that now I understand the system, now I can learn coin system in the game, I, I went all in and Robin Hood is on my way. So I'm getting Tony into this, Ignacy. So each of us have a copy of Colonial Twilight, which is a two-player game. I'm going to sit here. To, uh, Tony said he's already been reading through the rules, but I'll... I'll Make sure he understands them and stuff, and I'll, I'll go through it. So we're going to do the same thing. He and I are going to set instead of getting together and playing, we're going to set up the boards and do exactly what we did. If Cuba Libre, if the next um, edition would ever come out, it's on the P500 list right now, and it still hasn't made. You can't find them anywhere. If if I was going to say Tony could get that and we could all play, but that doesn't, it's just not there. Uh, I've got Andy and Abyss, but Andy and Abyss is so big. Uh, compared to, to Cuba Libre. So there's a lot of them out there, man. But anyway, so Tony and I are going to go down Colonial Twilight because it is a two-player game. We'll see if Tony bites or not. So are you saying it's a, a jest of Robin Hood? Is that the one? Yes. I back that one too. You don't pay for it until it ships, but I wanted to make sure that it at least got funded. So, And supposedly that, uh, I think the way they... Uh, talk about it, and not so you can confirm is this is supposed to be an easier one to learn also robin hood is supposed to be a little bit shorter and easier to digest and it's not historical so it's not as deep the the historical games you kind of get into don't you ignacy it's like there's a whole lot of deep theme there it's it can kind of get heavy at times when you think that the actions that you're doing like kidnapping and terrorizing is stuff that they actually did yeah that's true it sounds funny but i don't have in my collection 18 uh 1989, which is a GMT game. I have Twilight Struggle, uh, but then they did a follow-up to Twilight Struggle. It was called uh, 1989, Uh, but this is uh, about my childhood, so I'm not super happy seeing uh, Russians taking control over Poland, etc., etc. So yeah, uh, sometimes the team is too difficult to play. No, I get that. I I did buy the Liberty or Death coin game because I want to play when uh, the U.S. kicks Britain's butt. So I'm trying to find out how many people can play this and if I need to back it so that the three of us can do this. Yeah, so Robin Hood supports two players. Oh, that, that's sad. Well, but if I back it, then then I could get into it. If you do these video games, you have to keep resetting up the board if you play with a whole bunch of people. Why don't they put them on uh, iPad or, you know? They are, they are on um, some of the online gaming platforms. Vassal. I know that there's a Vassal mod for like Cuba Libra and stuff. And a lot of people play that way. 
I personally like moving the pieces. I like being able to move because sometimes I just look at the board. So the board was downstairs in the basement where I feed our, our dog. And when I'll be feeding him, I just be sitting there staring at the board thinking about what could I do my next turn sort of deal. But that, that's just me. I'm a, I'm a touchy feely guy. That was your basement? Yeah. Wow. You have an epic basement. Yeah. We, we kind of did it out down there. Yeah. You, you missed it pre epic. <laughs> we all had to we would all bring our um, folding chairs and we would sit around a ping pong table it was awesome it's, it's true it's, it was great because we'd have our um, fantasy baseball drafts down there or or whatever we would need to do this was back in the um dark ages of no game toppers or anything like that it was just basically us sitting there on a folding card table yeah without drywall without bathrooms we had to go out back in his woods it was great we're guys we can pee in the woods I don't know where this is going. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to move us somewhere else. I'm going to move us somewhere Please else. Please do. I'm just saying. So, Ignacy, Portal Games. How was 2020? I mean, was it rough? Was it a good year for Portal Games over in Poland? Yeah, it's yes. It, yeah, it's a very difficult, difficult question because the year for the company was uh, the best in the history. And uh, of course, it's very confusing when you see the whole world collapsing and and people uh, being sick or even dying and the whole economy shutting down. And you see all different businesses, uh, restaurants, uh, cinemas, etc., etc., having uh, trouble. And you have your game of the year, uh, year of the of the of the of the life mm-hmm. uh, with the biggest sales, uh, biggest revenue, etc., etc. So it was very difficult, very confusing. Of course, good for the company, but hearing stories from different businesses was was really, really sad. So definitely many new people discovered the hobby. We saw uh, increase of the sales uh, of our evergreens. Uh, so clearly uh, people who were stuck at home were Googling uh, about board games and they were buying the games that have the best ratings, the best reviews. So Robinson Crusoe and Detective were selling like crazy uh, because... Uh, if you go to the Google and you check uh, what's the best co-op game, Robinson Crusoe is always on this list. So uh, Robinson Crusoe was selling like crazy. The same in Poland, the same in America. Uh, it helped me hire more people, uh, more talented uh, uh, people joined the team. And now Portal Games has uh, 40, 40 full-time employees, so the company grew uh, tremendously over the time. And now we all consider if uh, after these lockdowns, after we finally defeat covid uh, these people will get back to the old hobbies, whatever it is, fishing, uh, bicycles, whatever, right? Or they will stay with uh, our hobby because they became uh, fans of board games. So we will see, as for now, the game's sales are still very, very high, uh, the best in the history. Uh, and uh, COVID helped our hobby tremendously, even though it sounds uh, quite terrifying. Yes, it helped, but it was good that we all had that outlet that they were able to discover Robinson Crusoe where you're going to lose. That's kind of a... For sure, I have this uh, perception that uh, with uh, our designs, whether it is Robinson Crusoe or this is Bloodrush from Eric Lang, but with board games, uh, we helped people survive uh, in somehow. Mm-hmm. In, in these in this difficult times, they were stuck at home, uh, bored to death, scared, and they were able to just sit with the family and have some time. I saw so many people playing detective over the Zoom, so there was many situations when uh, parents uh, and families were spread over different cities and they were not able to uh, meet and they were just zooming and having fun playing detective. And it makes me happy that some, in a very, very small percentage, 
but we did something very, very good for the people. You're absolutely right. Detective, you were probably sitting there thinking, wow, this is better than I ever expect. I, I'm glad I was able to help and be part of that with Detective, Vienna Connection, so forth and so on. On the last episode, we actually talked about how in 2020, board games did way better than expected in sales. Yeah. Uh, it, compared to the previous year overall, it was on a report that we talked about. And one of the things we had brought up is I wonder if 2021 will follow that or will 2021 not have as big a growth because now people can get out more and do more? Yeah, so we have a, a meeting, of course, with my sales team uh, regularly and uh, we are now super focused what will happen uh, during the summer. So during the summer, when in most most countries uh, the limitations for the COVID regulations are a little bit lower so people can go for the vacation. Mm -hmm. And now... In September, October, if you will see them going back to the hobby and they travel, they had vacations and they miss, miss this new discovered hobby, all the sales will go back to the uh, old level. So we are now super, super focused on what will happen in September. If this, all these new people will get back to us or they will get back to the old hobbies. Right. But doesn't logistics have something to do with that too? Because a lot of publishers are having problems getting the games they want to sell out to the customer. It will be very difficult and very crazy Christmas this year. Uh, many publishers will not have games in stock. And it is a fact. So uh, it is always difficult when you are a publisher and you are discussing some problems. Customers will think that you are making it up because you failed with something and now we are making up and making some stories. It is reality. And uh, our fans, uh, board gamers, will see in quarter three and quarter four a ton of bad news, a ton of... Uh, delayed releases, a ton of increases of the prices of the games because this is real. In China, we lost control of what's happening. Uh, containers are not uh, leaving China. Containers are getting uh, more expensive and more expensive. I recorded the whole one-hour video in, on my Polish YouTube channel. Just giving data, like being super open for the for the players, the customers. And I said, this is the price, price for the container from 2018. This is the price for the container today. This is the how long we take it took uh, to take container from uh, China to America two years ago. This is what's happening right now. Everything changed uh, due to the COVID, due to the problems with uh, containers. And I don't see it being fixed in upcoming months. So as, as I said, like for instance, even from my, my example, from my perspective, for instance, we know for sure there is no way we can bring in a reprint of uh, Vienna Connection or a reprint of Dune. So we know that the, the stock that we have of these products is all we have for this year because this is it will be impossible for us to bring it to America in time for Christmas. Super challenging for the sales team because I ask as a, you know, president of the company, I ask my sales team, what's your predictions? How many copies you, you want to print? And back then, last year, two years ago, three years ago, they had this backup plan. If the game explodes, if it's very popular, we will ask for the reprint. This year, I told them there is no reprint. The reprint will not be happening this year uh, so be smart and predict and it's a huge pressure on every single sales team in this industry and uh, this year and that's just a little bit a tip of the iceberg in fact if everybody wants to keep an eye out for another episode that's going to be coming up right after this it's going to be another episode of at the table where we have a couple people on the show we have justin as uh, the ceo of restoration games and scott morris who works with gts distribution they're going to come in and do a deep dive from their perspective as a publisher and as a distributor some of the stuff that they're seeing 
and try to answer some of the questions that many of us have. It's like, why can't we get our game? So I think that's just a little bit of what you're seeing from your side. And I'll see next in this special episode. We're going to hear even more about that. Yep. Do you have another option for a printer over in uh, Europe other than China? I'm not sure if this is already announced. If I say it now and then I'm in trouble, this is your fault. Fair. Uh, but Don't for blame instance, us. Yeah, but for instance, Asmodee moved a ton of production of their card games, like Unlock or Spotted, from China to Europe. So they were done with these problems of you know shipping logistics and what can be done in Europe, they moved to the Europe. It created a huge problem for all of us who were already printing in uh, Europe. So, for instance, I was printing Imperial Setters in Europe. I was printing uh, Tame Domostwo, Mysterium, in uh, in Poland. I was doing Neuroshima Hex in Poland. All these games that don't have uh, plastic pieces, I was doing in, in Europe, in Poland. And then this uh, this year, I got uh, information from our manufacturer, Treffle, that the time for uh, producing game increased from uh, six weeks to four months. Oh, jeez. Uh, because they have a line of, uh, you know, orders, uh, because they have this new big contract. And as for now, we get update uh, just before vacation, our vacation. So two weeks ago, we get the update that if we put order to produce game right now, it will produce in January. So now we are in uh, like yeah, four, four months window. It is insane. Uh, because this was happening. Like many gamers, many geeks say, hey, if there are problems in China, why don't move to the Europe? First of all, who could? They did it already. <laughs> and these, uh, these uh, manufacturers are super now done with, with the orders. And not every single game you can produce in Europe because if you have plastic mi- mi- miniatures, if you have plastic inserts, if you have uh, other different bits, you have to go to China. Because uh, uh, what happened a few years ago, Kickstarter happened. It spoiled you customers, you guys want this fancy removing trays. You have to, you want to have double layered balls. You want to have miniatures. You have all these fancy bits. Yes, we are delivering them, but we have to produce them in China. And now we have this problem. So yeah, this is a big mess for us. It was extremely stressful moment. And my production team, kudos to them that they managed to do it because we will talk in a moment about the Dune. I have a contract with a legendary to publish Dune, and they don't care about the problem with containers. I need to release the game as in the contract, along with the movie. It has to be printed, it has to be in stores, it has to be distributed at some point of the year, as discussed in the contract. And uh, they don't care if I have a container or not in China, correct? So it was very stressful. Kudos to my team. We produced the game and it is uh, in transport to uh, America, so... Mission accomplished, but a lot of tension this year. Man, I hate that for you. I really do. Because your job is to produce amazing games, not deal with all this other stuff. That stuff should just happen. And I know you got 40 people there helping you, but still, I, I bet you lost some sleep, buddy. Hmm. Yeah, because going to the like super simple message, the message is if Dune House Secrets is successful, so if I did my job, what you mentioned, I designed a good day, game. If I did it, I won't have a reprint anyway. Because of these stupid problems in China, correct? So, like, it makes no sense. I mean, there's trucking. You should be able to drive across the Alps. Come on, let's go. Get across the Himalayas. Let's oh, go. that's true. You, you ain't got to go across the ocean over there. Some of the games, some of the games we produce in China, we brought to Poland by train. There is a train connection from China to Poland. And yes, we, we had to improvise. We had to find different solutions. Once again, kudos to my team, logistic team. And some of the titles we brought to Poland by train. Everything just keeps snowballing. Because I know even here, our, one of our buddies, he's in logistics of trucking. 
And he's constantly telling us that the trucking shortage of the truck drivers, of getting them out onto the road is just amazing. I don't know if you're facing that as well, just getting them delivered. Once you get them off the train, you got to put them on the bed of the truck and move it from there. So, well, you'll survive. You always have, sir. I've got faith in you. Yeah, uh, without that, the life would be boring, correct? So, yeah, the life is not boring. Well, let's pick this up because I want to hear about all these great, you're kind of teasing it. So uh, after a commercial, let's uh, let's let's dig into some of the games that you're going to be coming out with uh, later on this year. All right, you've probably been seeing a lot about the new game from FFG Descent. It is available right now as of, as of this recording. Who knows? It may be sold out by the time you see it. That is an expensive game, Tony. The list price is $175, Ooh. but Miniature Market has it for $139.99, so you're probably not going to find it much cheaper than that. And they've got a lot of stuff that's just not... We talked about miniature games. There's been a whole big release of Warhammer 40k stuff. I don't know if you know this, everybody, but you can order Games Workshop stuff online from them and get the maximum discount for all Games Workshop miniatures. I know a lot of people are now getting back into Magic with the new... Dungeons and Dragons themed set. Ignacy, have you seen this? It's called uh, Forgotten Realms. Have you seen the Dungeons and Dragons themed magic cards? Absolutely. I saw it. Very interesting. I haven't played it yet, but uh, very interesting mix. So just out of curiosity, because you used to play or interested in 40k, you know they're coming out with a 40k themed decks of magic. This one I will buy, even though I don't play much of the magic, I will have it in my collection. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's kind of like me. I would want maybe that and the Lord of the Rings. So if you want to check out all these games and order them, don't forget you can... Hold on, Tony wants to say something. He's pointing at himself. That's right. And you can head over to Miniature Market. That's right. He said it again. I did it to you. I did it He always I said, we record our spots right in a row. And on the game toppers, he goes, that's right. Every time he says, that's right. (laughs) Well, it is because it is right. But you can pick up Robinson Crusoe as well over at Miniature market there are six left in stock and you heard ignacy it's an evergreen it's one of his top lines it's got all these rewards on the bottom of it that you can see on the miniature market page i don't see a squirrel on that front of that cover but anyway head over to miniaturemarket.com well we talked about all these games that's being announced from portal games some are out now some are going to be crowdfunded some are going to be released direct to market and we're here to hear all about them ignacy i see a whole list here so which one would you like to start with the most recent the one you're most excited about you you lead this segment my friend i go with the list as it is so we start with 11 and this is not stranger fingers a game it's a game about the football these go to 11 you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> so it's about football. For those of us uh, that aren't familiar with football, it's also soccer. Yeah, U.S. soccer, everybody else football. And this is not about playing football. It is about running a football club. So this is a strategy game. Uh, maybe not economy game. Also, also the money are very, very important. Uh, and... Uh, so what is very interesting in this game and uh, why it may be interesting even for those who don't are into the sports, uh, you have so many different strategies to win in this game. And uh, to be honest, you don't have to win matches. 
to have the best football club because in sports, in a professional sport, as everyone knows, money are the most important. So to have a successful club, you sometimes just sell young, talented players for a ton of money. Sometimes you just hire the best team. Sometimes you just build an epic, epic stadium and you will get a ton of money from tickets. And sometimes if you win a few matches, that's good, of course. Uh, but the end result, the end scoring is like a match of all these elements of having a good budget, having good staff, having few matches won and having a great, great infrastructure. So this is a management game about managing a company. And this company is a football club because why not? So I have so many questions. Same here. here. You say it's, it's not about playing games, but you said it depends on how many games you win. So how do you determine if you win games or not? Yeah, so... Uh, or matches. The round, the round structure, without going too deep, of course, but the round structure is divided into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, weekend. On man, on Monday, there is a board meeting. Things happen, like in the many games, you draw the cards, something happens, you have to react, etc., etc. Then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for three days, you have one action per day, and you hire staff, you build your stadium, you transfer players, you sell players. So you do these actions, you have three actions. And then during the weekend, you have a match. And this is the phase of the match when uh, your team uh, play one match. Um, the game plays for eight rounds. So you will have eight matches. But besides that, you have 24 actions. And these 24 actions are to build stadium, to hire people, to train to soccer players, to sell players, etc., etc. So matches are important. Uh, when, by winning a match, you get some points. Uh, but the... Uh, it is not a winning strategy to win all the matches. The winning strategy is to have a best-managed club. I still have so many questions. Tony, keep going. <laughs> What's yours? Well, well, no, I was just the thing is, it's what makes us want to, like when we do fantasy baseball, fantasy football, you know, some of our favorite pastimes, this is now on the board in front of us. I'm thinking, do you have merchandising? Do you have like, hey, my team is popular, therefore, is that part of it as well? Or is it just around the players? So the game is similar to Pret-a-Porter in a way that it is very thematic. So this is an economic strategy game, but very thematic. So for instance, depending how, and each club has the four stats, uh, statistics, like in role-playing games, uh, character has statistics. And one of the statistics is how many fans you have. And mm. now with these fans, you have uh, different options. Uh, for instance, if you build a big stadium and you have many fans, you will sell a ton of tickets. So you will get a lot of money. But maybe your club doesn't have many fans, or maybe you have a small stadium. So it may be the case that you have uh, many, many fans, but small stadium, so these fans don't bring you money. But you may build merchandise store to sell... Uh, jer- what's the name? Jo- uh, jerseys. For the t- jerseys. So you sell jerseys. So you exchange funds for the money. So there's so many things that you can do in this structure of running the club, and depending, as I said, depending on your stats, what you have good, what you are good at, you will change different strategies. So for instance, if the fitness of your club, the ability to play is uh, high, so you have uh, more chances to activate your players during the match. So your strategy in this situation will be, I want to win matches because I have a huge fitness. I will win this match, so I need to hire as many players as possible because they will play beautifully. But if your fitness sucks, you will lose these matches. No, So you invest into infrastructure, you invest into... Uh, different different areas so many many strategies to play the game and matches are like the final part of the round very interesting very exciting 
but not the most important to win the game. So I'm still confused. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what are you confused uh, uh, about? You got a man? Yes. Uh, stop. Stop. No, no, no. It's the whole match thing. Am I actually playing my players against Tony's players or is something happening in the game to determine who would win the match for that weekend? Yes. In the in the basic version of uh, eight rounds, because there are different uh, variants, but if you play eight rounds, there is eight teams in the in the league. Uh, depending on how many players, for instance, if we play three of us, there will be five non-player character teams and three of ours teams. And in each in each round, we play with one of these non-player characters, and we see if we beat them or not. And based on these results, the league table is built. And if you win the league table, or, or if you're at the end of the season, the second place of the league table, or third, third place, you will get a different amount of victory points for this achievement, a league table. But you will get also victory points for different achievements, like uh, if you sold many young players who were very talented, or if you build your stadium, etc., etc. And this combined gives you the result for the game. So how... Do I actually determine whether I win against Tony? Is it I'm? Or is it is it we're taking the players and comparing stats, and then there's a winner determined based on that? Uh, you have uh, your whole tactic board, uh, which on which you put your soccer players. You you choose uh, tactics. You choose the formation of the team, and then you compare uh, position after position who had the better player on this position, and you. Score points if your guys were better than opponent. We are now playtesting it. It's a, a quite a roller coaster because as for now, all the playtesters are breaking the system and winning all the matches against non-player characters, which drives me nuts. Uh, so we are still working on that. That's what we are doing. Perfect. Okay. Now we're gotten trying to get to where I was actually going to eventually get to. I watched your video on playtesting and I saw that part where you had the, the jerseys yep. that you put onto the field. And then from that, you determine who wins. Okay, I got that. So here's my question. I know nothing about football. And you're putting out terms of, hey, I'm doing a 4-3 or a 3-3-4. And here's my wingman and defender and stuff. I know zilch about that. If I know nothing, and if people want to play this and know nothing, how will they know who to get and how to position them on the pitch? So yeah, so in the rulebook you have this uh, standard position, 442, 352, etc., etc. So you have some suggestions. But the, the play tester I mentioned in the vlog has sort of nothing to do with the sports. He has nothing to do with the football. And basically that is why he's breaking the game, because he comes up with the most stupid formations and that are super not realistic. Uh, and this is quite interesting, because when we were playtesting it with the football fans, everything worked. And then we got this playtester who have no knowledge about the football. He started using uh, crazy formations and he started winning matches after matches because he played uh, in a very crazy way. So now we are fixing the game. So yeah, if you have no clue what you are doing during the matches, so you will either just ignore this part and you will just focus on doing business uh, or you will have this help from the rulebook that says if you want to play more offensive, play 3-5-3. Three, three. If you want to play more defensive, play 5-3-2, etc. So there is uh, suggestions. But basically, we try to make the system super open. So basically, you can play whatever you want, whatever fits you, and see what happens. It's a it's a nice, interesting puzzle to put these jerseys on the on the on the pitch and see what will happen. It's interesting that he was able to break it by just running a a one six five uh, one six four, you know, something yep. like that. Okay. Yep. I'm glad you said that because I was getting kind of concerned. Um, again, as somebody who doesn't know anything about it, when I saw your video, it's like. I, 
you're saying words that mean nothing to me. Did you? And I felt like it felt like it's one of those things. If it was, say, for example, you you may not know a lot about baseball. If it was okay. a baseball simulator, they would say words. Oh, I get that. And you would go, I have no idea what they're talking about. How can I even play this game? So it's good to hear that you don't with Preda Porter, just like that. You had you didn't need to know about fashion to play the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here, yes, here you have a. Hey, play four defenders, four midfielders, two strikers, you will be fine. And if you want to improvise, hey, change it. Try to play three strikers and only three defenders and see what happens. And this, as I said, this is like a super small, fast, cool solo game in which you are looking at your board and your tactical board and you think how I will put these guys on the pitch and and then you take the cards from the non-player team and you compare and you say, oh my God, I made a mistake. I had no defenders today. (laughs) That was stupid. (laughs) And you learn something. So uh, I enjoy that. And as I said, we are playtesting both with uh, hardcore football fans and the guys who never are into this sports and we see what they do. So I can run the Laszlo play from Ted Lasso yeah. if I want to. Yes, you can. Okay. Although after <laughs> after yesterday's playtesting, you are not because we okay. made some limitations uh, because our playtester put uh, six players in the midfield, which is crazy. So we had to put some limitations. As I said, we are still working on this, on this puzzle because... Our aim is to give as much freedom as possible to players so they have fun uh, building these formations. But at the same time, these formations have to match the non-player teams, which are realistic. So that's why he was winning all the matches, because in real life, on a regular basis, you have four midfielders. He put six midfielders and suddenly he started winning every single game because he had more midfielders in the in the section. Mark, have you never played soccer on the video games? No. Okay. Never. I've never played FIFA. Nothing. I don't even know the terms of the players on the pitch. And so I brought up, I just finished binging or watching Ted Lasso, Ignacio. Amazing show. A really, really good show. But again, using terms in the show, it's like, here's his positions. Like, okay. He, he play he plays out on the pitch somewhere. So he plays out on the pitch somewhere. Hey, at least I used the right word pitch and didn't say field. That's actually a joke in the TV show. Tony, if you don't know, it's basically about an American football player who goes to England to become a soccer coach there. It's a good show. Yes. I, I Like I said, and when we were on with the Geek All-Stars, we talked about how we, I can get my Apple TV for free now. So, yes, I need to get that watched and start seeing the good shows that you're talking about. Well, I'm excited about this. I love economic games. I think the theme is going to be super attractive. We all know how popular FIFA, the video game, is over anywhere but the U.S. So I think this is going to be huge. So let's talk about how can I get this in my hands. This this is going to be crowdfunded on GameFound, correct? Yes, we are going to GameFound. is the competitor, the smaller competitor for Kickstarter. We did the Robinson Crusoe there, and we were very, very happy with the outcome. So we go again to GameFound uh, with Eleven. Uh, the the first feedback from our local partners, because of course we do Polish and English edition, but then we of course try to have a French edition and uh, Italian edition and Spanish edition, etc., etc. And uh, after we showed the game to our partners, uh, the feedback is super positive. Uh, so if our listeners are from uh, Europe, from different countries like Italy, Spain, etc., etc. Most likely the game will be released in your language because uh, partners are interested. Uh, it's obvious football is a big thing in, in Europe, so having a football manager game is, is a treat. There is not many games uh, with that team on the market. So, yeah, uh, the campaign starts on September 7th. I be- believe it will take 21 days. In During these 21 days, as with Robinson Crusoe, we will try to have a 
stretch goals every single day unlocked with some additional gameplay add-ons and some components add-ons so we will do amazing amazing campaign again and then we will deliver it next year to all the backers and then we'll follow and the local editions in different different languages. Yeah, soccer is huge. Football is huge in Europe, but it is growing in the U.S. I mean, we are going to have a professional soccer team in our city. Maybe Marty can go out and check out a game and see how it's all going. And, and see, there you go, Marty. You can go to a professional soccer game here, and you. I can pre- go to the Charlotte Football Club. I, is that what it is? The football. I hate that name. I I was so bad wanting them to come come up with something original, guys. And it's Charlotte. It's horrible, horrible. They had so many better names they could have picked. What What's the mascot? A so- little soccer ball. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. They tried to be pretentious, and it's like, ooh, we're the Charlotte Football Club. No, be cutesy. Be cutesy sales. They needed, they needed eleven so they could understand how to run the club. You know what I'm saying? So one of the, one of the names was uh, the Charlotte Monarchs. I thought that would have been really good because then you could have used the crown, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. We're, we're the Queen City. We have a crown all over. It's uh, there's a, there was a lot better names. I'm sorry, Ignacy. I'm going off on a rant, but that's all right. We're you. This will keep us moving forward. On okay, so eleven. Go out there. I mean, Marty played Preda Porter so well. I cannot wait to get this in hand. Oh my gosh! I heard the story. I know. Oh my god! And I keep reliving this story because it's one of the few games I've actually beaten him on badly. Oh, it was bad. It, it was. It was so bad. All right. So you teased this one earlier. Dice, dice. Wow. Dune House Secrets. Dune House Secrets, a standalone game in the line of Detective. We try our best to show to fans of board games that Detective is a system and uh, that you invite your friends and have a great game night about the story-driven game. So you can go with a Vienna Connection and be a spy. You can go with Detective and be a, a cop. Uh, and you can go with a Dune and you are a rebel fighting uh, evil Harkonnens. Uh, and different settings, uh, different ideas for the gameplay. But the main idea is the same. Sit at the table with friends, uh, read uh, a card, read a small scene, and then figure out what you just learned, what it meant, uh, what you should do, should do next. With uh, Dune House Secrets, uh, this game, once again, it is it is called as a part of the detective system, but you are de- definitely not playing detectives. You're playing rebels, and that's why we change a little bit of the wording in this game to like put a stress on that this is different beast. So you are not having a, a lead cards because there are no leads. These are counter cards, like counters in role-playing games. Because in this account, uh, sometimes you will fight somebody, sometimes you will steal something from uh, from somebody, sometimes you will just sneak in, in the city. So it is much more like a role-playing game. And uh, that's why we call them encounters. Uh, you have your progress of your characters. So after each mission, uh, depending how well you played, you get experience points. From these experience points, you get new abilities. So this one is like, you should think about it like playing a role-playing game without Game Master, because the game is... Uh, like AI game master, and uh, knowing that the story is written by the pretty good writer. Przemysław Rymer is an amazing, amazing writer, and so we are playing like a scenario designed by the very smart guy. Is that you? The smart guy? not me. I was, just, I, was just, <laughs> I was just doing gamification. I was just doing that. The game is fun to play, but the whole story is, is done by Przemysław Rymer. We are, we are on, under... A super strict limitations by uh, Legendary uh, to talk about the story of the game. 
because uh, the movie is not yet released. So I have to be very, very careful. Uh, and of course, I don't want to spoil the game anyway. So what I can say is that uh, when you see the movie, when you go back to home, uh, and if you by any chance have Dune House Secrets at home, the events uh, described in the game uh, are taking place just a few weeks after the things that are happening in the, in the movie. So, so like oh. this is a follow-up story. So it is uh, very interesting for all of you. If you are excited about the movie, if you're excited about what you just experienced and you want to more, uh, Dune will give it uh, to you. And um, so it will be a really, really treat for the, for the players to uh, see the same characters, but what happened next. You don't have to go see the movie or read the book like Marty and um, to play it. Yeah, so we had two, we had two uh, groups of playtesters and one of them were hardcore fans of Dune and one were guys who never read the book. Uh, we, we did a poll in the company many, many months ago. And the poll was who read the book, who haven't read the book. And then based on that, I divided my employees into two groups of playtesters. And obviously, if you know the story, if you know the characters, if you understand the whole, you know, the plot of the, of the book, then if you meet some non-player character and you know him from the book, you get more excited. This is obvious, correct? But uh, the whole plot, the whole story is super interesting. So even the playtester who never uh, read the book had a great time and understood everything. They just didn't have this, you know, this back story in head. So they didn't have this uh, maybe additional layer of uh, excitement when they met some very famous person from the book, for instance. Okay. I think that is so, so smart the way you do your playtesting. We just talked about 11. You gave it to somebody who knew nothing football, about, yeah. the, about the sport yeah, and, and say, here, uh, what, what can you do with this? And then with Dune, it's like, if you know nothing about Dune, here, do you have fun? I think that's a great way to, to playtest. And based on that, this is why, because the first announcement, I believe that the first announcement uh, about the game, we said there is a three, a three scenarios, but there is a three scenarios and a prologue. And the whole prologue, is the effect of playtesting. So when we were playtesting the game and we were starting already with the mission number one, it was too much uh, for these players who never read the book. So we said we need to uh, start a little bit uh, lighter and we came up with this prologue. The prologue has, I believe it's only 12 or 16 cards. So this is a short case for, for one hour to play, but you get used to the characters, you get used to the setting, you get used to the Arrakis, the crazy planet. And after solving a very small mystery, you say, okay, I know what's happening here. Now I understand the, the theme. Give me the mission number one. And then you mm-hmm. go for the, for the big, big case. So this is effect, exactly effect of playtesting. So here's the uh, question I had been wondering. Did you come up with the idea, hey, I want to do a Dune-themed detective game? Or did they approach you, Legendary, and say, hey, we would like to do a Dune-themed detective game? We were, we were approached and, uh, this is, you can already see the, when you see press releases about this, uh, all Dune games, that they are doing it very, very smart. So all these games already released, all announced for Dune are very different, very different mechanism, a very different uh, type of the games. We have a, a strategy game from Gale Force Knights. We have a deck building from Dire Wolf. We, last week there was a, a resistant type game uh, uh, announced. Uh, as well, and I'm doing a story-driven game. So they are caring for this IP in a very wise wise uh, way, uh, trying to provide for the Dune fans different experiences. And uh, apparently I was picked as the guy who can write a good story. And uh, they wanted to go in this adventure, story-driven uh, 
path with uh, with us uh, knowing detective and it may be proud that the detective was uh, good enough for them to say hey we want this game uh, done by you i hear there's this thing like board games that tell stories yes uh, it worked for me very well okay so are you having to revamp the Antares database or will i just be able to log in and continue forward Yes, we built a whole new website, a brand new website, and uh, it's amazing. The game has uh, much more video content compared to Detective or Vienna Connection because we wanted to give this cinematic feel, once again, to tie it a little bit more with the with the movie. So, uh, similarly to PlayStation games, like cutscenes, in a, mm-hmm. especially in these uh, Japanese games, uh, here we have some situations when you uh, discover uh, some part of the plot and this plot uh, is important not only for this particular case, mission, but is also important in the whole lore, in the whole world of the, uh, of the Dune. And at that point, you go to the Antares and you see the cutscene that in a very nice way, in the animated video, tells you this big picture. So for all of you who, le- who read the Dune, you will be, eh, I knew it, I don't need it. But all of you who haven't read the Dune, with these cutscenes, we will brief you Who's this guy? Why it is important that he said that? Oh my God, this is very, very important. You need to know that. So we are briefing you about these most important events that are happening so you understand the gravity of the events that you're taking part in. So are, do, you, do you have any audio people? I mean, is there going to be voice acting behind it? There is, uh, there is voice acting. There is uh, video animations. There is, uh, in terms of the productions, this is the best we did uh, so far in the history of the company. And the number of video animations, number of lectors, uh, music, etc. This is like a full-blown production. Are you going to retro detective in Vienna as well, or is to, to help use this new um, found technology here? With uh, with Vienna connection, we had uh, files, no, almost no Antares. Here we go very high with the Antares. Lots of the users. And what will happen in the future, I don't know. We have to do a second Dune and we have to do a third Dune because it's a trilogy of the games. So um, lots of uh, missions uh, yet to design. Przemysl Vermeer already submitted to us the script for the Dune number two. And it is already translated in English and passed to Legendary. So they accept it. And if they accept it, we will start uh, working on, this, on these missions. We try with each game to have a different feel. So if you play Detective and if you play Vienna Connection, you see that it's the same engine, but the experience is a little bit different. With Dune, it will be the same because you are playing basically outlaws. So you have to be like a, a sneaky and steal something and maybe sometimes kill somebody. You are, you are not a entirely good guy. And with different games in the future, we will also play with that. And when is this going to be released? Uh, we are aiming at Essen. Uh, so it will be released uh, official premiere at Essen, and it, the same weekend, the same Essen weekend will be released uh, worldwide. I mean, Poland, uh, uh, Germany, uh, America, etc., etc. Okay, and uh, as you heard earlier, this is going to be like once they're done selling this, they can't do a quick turnaround and, and reprint. Yes, so if you want this, next year, yeah. If you want this, you better go pre-order now. And it is up at Miniature Market. They do have it up on their page. The MSRP here is $45, and you can pre-order it for $31.99. So if you're interested in this, go ahead and place your pre-order here. With uh, Is it available for pre-order now on Portal site? It's already sold out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you, <laughs> one of the last places you can go to is now Miniature Market. So go place your pre-order now if you want a copy of Dune House Secrets. 
So I say, uh, you just recently announced the new Nurashima Hex digital version of the game. Yeah, we, we were working on this for many, many months, and it was like a dreadful experience with this whole Nurashima Hex app. We bought the code from the original app a couple of years ago, and the code was done in 2009 or 10, many, many years ago. So Protagonist Digital for the many, many months were complaining and whining that this old code and they don't want to fix it. They want to do it from the scratch. I was not okay with that. So I was yelling at them to just fix it and stop whining. And after (laughs) two years, I gave up and they said, okay, we are doing it from the scratch. It will be better. Trust us. I put trust in them and apparently they were right. We have the app running. Uh, and it will be released uh, hopefully on September 5th, which is the day of the Moloch, according to the lore of uh, Naroshima uh, world. And uh, it will come with the four basic armies and the Protagonist Digital is working on, the, of course, all the other armies. And this app has a much better AI uh, written from the scratch and Janaki Janka was working on that. So even on easy, you will get your, kick, your ass kicked. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. Uh, it has an uh, online mode. You can play with your friends. So you just, uh, you know, find yourself. Uh, or you can play with the random people uh, from, from the world. We will have also the tournament feature in upcoming weeks. So you can uh, make a tournament for 16 people, for instance, which will be very, very fun for everyone. Uh, you can play, of course, uh, with your friend on the table as, as well. So all the modes and you can play cross-platform. So Android users uh, against iOS users can play. Finally, it was a big problem back then with the old app. So we have all things covered. Uh, one of the best apps on the market. It was it was always amazing, and now it is only getting better. So this is on Android and iOS. Correct. It'll, it'll be coming out uh, then. Will this ever be ported over to Steam for the PC or uh, maybe the Switch? We hope, uh, but the priority right now is to bring as fast as possible new armies to the app. Uh, but definitely we need to have to be on Switch. The Switch is so popular platform. It is uh, one of the biggest consoles Yay! right now. And I, uh, and I was checking with my protagonist digital because I don't understand this, but uh, I was checking on them. They say, yes, it is uh, easy to do. Uh, we will do it. Uh, but of course, uh, it is on to-do list. So yes, we will be on Switch at some point. Oh, baby. Yeah, the cross-platform, I think, would be... I guess that's not hard. I haven't programmed in so long. Marty still does all this programming stuff. So I, I'm sorry. I was I was listening, and it comes out when? It's out now? What? what when? What? September, September 5th. He was not listening because that's the day of the Moloch, according to the lore. That's what he said. I heard him say that, but the, the date just washed over me. September 5th, uh, we are celebrating the day of the Moloch. We are releasing a new army for Naroshima Hex. It is called Naroshima Hex Beasts. Uh, and we are releasing this new app. And in Poland, we are releasing a new print run of Naroshima role-playing game, along with, of course, uh, releasing of Naroshima Hex Game of the Year Edition, this big box beast uh, with this black cover. So four new products for Naroshima World, all of them street dated for. Technically, street date is, on, on, I think, September 3rd, because it's the first day, but we are celebrating that officially on September 5th, as this is a Lord Day. So the role-playing game, that's where I can learn my Polish. And you will learn a lot of uh, bad words, because it is written in a very, very... <laughs> Strange language. I was 20, 22 when I was writing and I had no limitations on my writing. So you would learn a lot of bad words in Polish. 
Oh, that's, that's coming to the table now. I'm telling you. I'm going to bring it on. I'm excited for that. I was actually going to ask when that big box Nurishima Hex was coming because I'm excited to uh, to see that bad boy and, yes, and, uh, are and play it, that. We are shipping it to all of you who pre-ordered uh, from our website. We are shipping in August. So this is happening in, in a few days. And then uh, it is uh, in a retail uh, in, in the first week of September. But basically, I don't want to sound uh, bad. So please understand it's just a message without any additional uh, secret message. We have only 1,000 copies, so it is basically sold out. Uh, because this print run was, uh, just to remind everyone, it was celebration of uh, Neuroshima Year of the Moloch, uh, and the whole point was that the Moloch attacked humanity on 2020. So we printed 2020 copies. 1,000 for Europe, 1,000 uh, for America. So if you want to have a Game of the Moloch edition, uh, you pre-ordered it at the mutual market or another store as up because it is sold out. And uh, Marty, we did get our pre-orders in, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we did. I hope so. I know we did because <laughs> I keep asking you. I think every three months I ask you, do you still have our confirmations? It's somewhere. You du- you double check, and if you don't, you you better send me email. <laughs> asking for, for a very quick intervention. No. Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, yeah, that is still one of my favorite two-player board games of all time. Still. It's amazing. The mechanisms of how combat are resolved is one of the most brilliant things I've ever experienced. And if, if y'all have never played this, obviously, September 5th, if it's like, Marty, I don't want to go out and buy the, the physical version. Now you know that you can go get the app version for your phone on September 5th to see how it plays. Uh, and if you like it, you might want to consider the physical version because it is fun to flip over the tiles and place them on the board. It's, it's such a cool game. Yes. And uh, we just yesterday we started pre-orders for the new army, the Neuroshima Hex Beast. Mm-hmm. Beast. So you can head to our website and pre-order. And this this uh, army, designed by Jan Nakijanka, obviously. Oh, it, uh, it's all done. It's it's a winner. Yep. Uh, so the idea that she came up with is brilliant because these beasts, uh, because they are just frenzy. They attack also each other. So you have friendly fire. And on this very crowded board, as you guys know, the, uh, the game, you can imagine when your units are attacking opponent and your units, it is so difficult to put the, the tokens in the right way so you don't damage yourself. It's brilliant. It's super simple, but it changes the whole strategy once again. And coming up at uh, Gen Con, a new party game, which you don't see a lot from Portal. Yeah, what's up with that? Million Dollar Called- Script. I think it is a first party game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ignacy, party. That, that's no, that's like peanut butter <laughs> and chocolate. You don't see Ignacy partying a lot, is what you're saying. Well, I did see, and, and Chevy pointed this out, that he was drinking a Coca-Cola the other day. What up with that? Summer time. I had to have a drink. I had to have the soda. But yes, uh, in general, tea. Always a tea drinker. And, and so with, with that million dollar script, Marty has that. We've yet, I have yet to experience it because our schedules are so out of sync. And I hate that we're not going to be at Gen Con to experience this incredible game. And Stephen Bonacore even got on us about not coming. But um, million dollar script, are you excited for a, your first party game? We are, we are, we are very excited what will happen. We, we see, uh, if our fans will be interested in party game. We will see if we will find the new fans and new, new gamers because it's a, for us a brand new experience. And we call this game COVID Go Home 
it's time to finally meet people, to have some fun, to meet together with uh, six people, ten people, and just be silly. In this game, you just split into two teams. Each team has to come with the idea for the script, for the movie. There is one player who is like a game master who is uh, managing the whole operation. There is uh, five phases. In each phase, uh, and this uh, game master, this producer, challenges players with a new task and he asks them, and now what villain will do? And then what is the big event that changes everything? And then what will happen? So he is asking questions and they are constantly challenged and they have to come up with these ideas for the script. The game is... Uh, uh, of course, for the players who love improv, who love to, you know, talk a lot and come with these ideas. Uh, and we have different roles in the game. So one guy who talks a lot will be, of course, pitching the uh, script, but somebody else may be just doing a voiceover and doing all the dialogues. And somebody else will do just music and start singing in the middle. And somebody will just be doing a funny, funny dance, etc., uh, etc. Et so for everyone at the table is some roles uh, to be in, in involved in the game and engaged. Uh, silly fun. Uh, this game is just like a half an hour of just exhausting uh, laughs and fun. And uh, spoiler alert, none of the movies that my playtesters come with should be recorded because these ideas are always super stupid, but super fun. So, so Marty, you know me best uh, next to my wife. Um, which which one am I? Am I the pitch guy? Am I the voiceover? What am I? What would I be doing? I don't know. You don't do a lot of really good accents. You say you can't <laughs> sing. Maybe sound effects would be good for you. Yeah, there's a there's a position. Yeah, that's gone really well. If you remember back to some of the sound effects I've done on our countdowns. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, you, at least you have practice in doing that. So a few episodes ago, I actually covered this on the show. I got together with my family. Uh, we played it. That's where I was talking about. My wife was, uh, we didn't have as many players. So my wife had to do two dual roles. She was the music person and the sound effects person while my son was the pitch guy. Okay. And uh, so it, it's a lot It's a lot of fun. Uh, again, this is not going to be a very expensive game. I think the MSR, do you know what the MSRP is? I have no clue, but the, the box is the size of the code names. Uh, the components are very similar to code names. It's just a few cards and the hourglass, a small box. It's 20 bucks here in the U.S., standard price, and you can get it on miniature market for $14. So it is a very small box game. COVID go home. I like it. Yep. It's going to be your first party game, and we'll see if it's popular enough to actually continue yep. making party games. Exactly. What else you got going on over there? Expansions, Imperial Settlers, uh, Empires. What, talk to me. What do we? What else we got? What do I expect to not have? Joanna, Joanna just finished this this week. She finished Raft of the Lanterns. This is a solo campaign for uh, Empires of the North. So in Empires of the North, we have a solo variant that is very popular. It is a scenario-based, and people really, really like it. Because each scenario challenges you with the new rules and, and new achievements to do. And we came with this idea to make like a campaign. So Jonah was on it for a couple of months. I haven't played it yet. I'm looking forward for the final version. So I don't know much about it. Besides, it's probably amazing. So Of course it is. It's coming, it's coming next year. What about PortalCon? What's the plan for 2021? Uh, for I mean, 22. Good for God. 2022. Uh, once again, we, we already rented the stadium. So once again, we go to the stadium, which is epic. And fans in Poland absolutely love it to celebrate the uh, love and passion for Portal games. As for now, I'm not sure if we are going to do a live stream for English fans. Uh, because, <gasps> yeah, 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 this year it was so stressful 
uh, that was like uh, so much preparation and so much stress to you know to speak in English to the live audience and we have so many people watching and uh, it really took me a couple of days to just chill down and so I will see what what we will do and uh, but the moment when I was you know live and there was we saw the numbers and there was like 1000 people watching uh, and I was announcing these games uh, I don't know if I would do it again. Uh, so we will see what will happen for our English fans. For sure, we will have something. That's for sure. But I'm not sure if I will go for the keynotes or live stream because it is a uh, lot of stress. Just a reminder, uh, English is not my native language and it is really, really difficult uh, to speak. And uh, when the tension goes up, it's really stressful. I understand. It's not our native language either. We try it, but we do our best. <laughs> hey, I can, you know, you can, I can send you Southern English. Marty would get on a plane and he'll do it for you. Yeah, there you go. We could translate for you. You can, you can come and to Poland and be the host of the Portalcon. That would be cool. That'd be fun. But it's January. It's cold. Did you, did you, did you plan to take my wife to Alaska? Okay. Let's, let's put this better <laughs> phrase. No, it was Iceland. We were all going to meet up in Iceland and she was going to show us around. You were going to actually come and you and I no, were going I to not. play. Yes, you were. <laughs> you were going to come and, and we were going to play board games while we toured Iceland and we were going, yes, we were going to sit in the hot springs. We were going to have a big time. Yes. If you're in Iceland, we can play on Zoom only. I'm not going there. There's a rain and terrible weather every single day. I saw pictures. <laughs> You're killing me. I was going to come to Poland and hire Mary, and she was going to take me around Poland. I know that. Yeah, She's a good idea. Me. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was make sure I eat at the right places and stuff. I know that was going to happen. But Iceland is right out. I cannot. Oh, come on, man. You, you were going, she loved it. I, I was going to, oh, fine. Yeah, okay. Because she loved it, I know that I will hate it. Because oh, she oh. likes when it is uh, rainy, when it is uh, cold. She has a different uh, opinions about the weather than me. Oh, okay, so are we done with our expansions for uh, Imperial Settlers? I don't know. There is no there is no plans and nothing is in the works. There is no plan of uh, closing the line. There is no plan of uh, bringing something new. As I said, uh, Janna just this week finished the new expansion for Empires of the North, and we will have to brainstorm and decide what to do next. The box isn't big enough, Ignacy, is what I'm telling you. Stop. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now now we need that big uh, Empires of the North box like we have the big Imperial Settlers box. Well, that's exciting. So we got 11 that's going to be coming out on GameFound uh, soon in September. Dune House uh, Secrets coming out at Essen in October. Nirishima Hex Digital coming out September 5th uh, along with the big box. So if you uh, pre-ordered that, that's going to be coming soon. Million Dollar Script will be out this month. It's going to be a big second half of the year for you. Cross-platform on um, Hex? Is it uh, asymmetric? I know you already said cross-platform. I was thinking asymmetric play. I don't have to be online with Marty to play Hex, do I? At the same time. I don't know, but they told me that we have all the options that players want. So okay. apparently we have asymmetric and uh, online. Yep. We're good. Okay. Awesome. Because we can't even play Steam, the old original Martin Wallace game on the Switch in time. I think it's 24 hours between each of our turns. So that's a good thing. It's sad. By the way, it's your turn. Thank you. I'll go do it right now. Thank you. In case y'all didn't know, Portal Games has a very active YouTube channel. Uh, for the longest time, um, Ignacio, you were doing these live streams on Monday morning. And I had it set on my clock. Every morning I had it set up. Stream ready to go. I would log in, I at least say, 
<laughs> I would at least say hey, and then as I was working on stuff, I'd be listening uh, in the background. So you have a lot of stuff going on on your YouTube channel. But right now, as of this recording, you just started a big push for your YouTube channel. And so here's the question. What are you doing and why are you doing it? So I decided to challenge myself and change my team uh, and challenge uh, fans. So this is like a cooperative game, uh, me and uh, and viewers, me and board gamers. Mm, and the whole concept is that I'm running this YouTube channel since uh, 2014. So it's many, many years. Mm, uh, and I was doing many different uh, formats, many different uh, videos, many different ideas. Uh, but the channel is not uh, entirely growing. Uh, the numbers are not super awesome. And uh, we had discussion in the company that... Uh, the effort that we spent on this on this YouTube channel, the, both in the terms of the cost of the of the mm, equipment and uh, time spent, etc., etc., are not entirely mm, good compared to the number of uh, people we are reaching with this YouTube channel. And um, I was also looking at the numbers of different other YouTube channels, and what I came up with these uh, conclusions. Basically, board gamers hate YouTube. Like basically, there is no single big YouTube channel in our area, in our hobby. So it's not the case that I'm doing something wrong. All of us are doing something wrong. <laughs> so so I challenged myself and I challenged my viewers and I said, I'm going to do 100 episodes for 100 days. So every single day I do one video, except weekends, and I will push in very different directions. So I will do very different content with very different ideas. And my my challenge for the viewers is, Give me feedback. Tell me if this is interesting direction, if this is interesting content. And if you think so, please share to help spread the word about the channel. But the, basically the challenge is, can we, by my team and our viewers, came, came up with the idea, what can be interesting content for the board game fans? Because apparently if you look at the numbers and if you compare them with the numbers for different things on YouTube, uh, music, video games, sports, uh, cooking, uh, whatever. Uh, our numbers are so, so, so low. So yeah, uh, I don't know what will happen. To be honest, I have no clue what I'll, I'm going to record because I'm going to improve. I'm, I'm looking for different ideas for different uh, formats. And after 100 days, either we will figure out what's interesting for the board gamers, either we will shut down the whole thing and whatever. So there it is, Tony. Did you know he was doing this? I don't know if you've watched his recent couple videos. Well, you heard him say that YouTube board gamers just don't jive. So you know me. I, I, I will be honest. I use YouTube to figure out how to do things or where to be able to accomplish things. And my attention span is very short. So I know I don't go on YouTube and watch anything. If I see something that's longer than five minutes, I'm probably not going to pay attention to it. Yeah, you open conversation here. It's it's one of those things that also I think from our age, our, our demographic, Marty. Maybe for you it's sunk in. For me, I don't use it that much. I really no, don't. The, the, the thing is that if you compare the numbers of games sold, and we are talking about the millions tickets of uh, ticket to ride, the millions of uh, Catan. If you are talking about the number of board gamers all around the world, about the 2.5 million users of board game geek and then you see the numbers of uh, views on uh, youtube channels board gamers don't use youtube this is my yep. thesis and i'm trying to prove it uh, and i hope i'm wrong i hope my channel will explode and i will find some viewers but basically board gamers like play board games 
and they don't care about the content about board games. So it's funny that you said that because I've, I've thought about uh, this before and people are thinking, wait a minute, Marty, hold on. You've got Shut Up and Sit Down with over 300,000 subs. You've got uh, Dice Tower and Watch It Play with over 200,000 subs. But don't look at the subs. Look at the views. Yeah, look at the views. So even if you just look at the subs, when your largest in a segment is only 300K, that's not bad. Go look at anything else. Like you said, cooking, fishing. You can find channels with millions of subs. And, and yeah, so you you pulled some numbers for views, didn't you? Do you have those off the top of the head? Like, I mean, didn't you say for Dice Tower, like a lot of their videos with over 200,000 subs only has like 5,000 views? Yeah, if you check the uh, average views of uh, Tom's uh, videos, there's like 3,000, 5,000 views. For the biggest celebrity, uh, the guy who is doing it full-time, for years, he's amazing. Uh, he, he does all the new games, all the reviews. He does all the different shows, bro- uh, Thursday breakfast. Like He does the live streams. He does everything right. And he has uh, 5,000 views or 7,000 views. Uh, it makes no sense. It, it really makes no sense... Uh, I appreciate what they do. I think they do a great job and yet there is no effect. So this is why yeah. I put this thesis that there is no hope for us. Uh, we'll see. And Rodney at Watch It Played, who does top production, top Absolutely. everything. And he still, he does, I mean, he probably does a little bit better than maybe 5,000 on average. And then probably the biggest is probably shut up and sit down. They tend to pull a lot when... They have much bigger numbers. They have much bigger numbers than Rodney. They have much bigger bigger numbers than Tom Vassell. But they're like an exception to, for the rule. Uh, all other uh, YouTubers who does it for years have 3,000 views, 5,000 views. It's very weird, very strange. That's why I challenged myself and my viewers. Uh, and I'm trying to come with this idea. So what could be interesting for Tony? What could be interesting for board gamer? I don't know. I want to follow this up. Because one of the things that popped up on my YouTube when I go over there, you said 3,000, 4,000 views for those. So there's this channel, Girl with the Dogs, and she's a groomer. And all she does is she shows dogs getting baths and grooming them. Her latest one, uh, well, a month ago, she has over half a million views of a dog (laughs) getting a bath. That's what I'm saying. Something is wrong with our hobby. I watched them. I, for three minutes, I watched a dog getting a bath and talking to her and singing to her. So what that tells me is, and I think you said this too, and this is, God, I'm I'm just saying it. This is no knock on anybody. There are some amazing people making amazing content out there. And we're just trying to figure out why it doesn't get the traction. Paula Deming is doing stand-up comedy, uh, super funny videos. Like all these content creators are doing a good job. Yep. And Tony's not watching. No. Yep, exactly. And and you made this point too, Ignacy, and it's true. A lot of people do gameplay videos, and a lot of people don't want to sit there for an hour and watch somebody play a game. But here's the thing. On Twitch, they'll watch people play a video game. So what's what's the difference, I wonder? Is it just because video games are more interactive? You see more things happening? I, I, I don't know. I, I have no clue. Like I'm, I'm really challenging everyone to visit my channel Put their comments in the in my uh, comment section uh, for the past three days as I'm doing this challenge. There's a ton of comments, so I appreciate that. Lots of people giving their their ideas and their opinions. And we have 100 days. I will, as I said, uh, pu- push in different directions. Uh, sometimes gameplay, sometimes reviews, sometimes something funny. I will try different different content and, and try to figure out why board gamers 
hate YouTube. Like one of Rodney's trails. He's got 17,000 views, okay, on how to play trails. Is there a difference, Ignasi, on your YouTube for your evergreen games or even your lighter games that people may go watch for the how to plays? I mean, I'm just kind of curious to see how that's being impacted. On, if on, it's my, on my, yes, on my YouTube channel, there are no how to plays because we use uh, Rodney oh. as our ambassador. So, so we use uh, his videos. But uh, yes, uh, if you log out from YouTube, so you will see some super random things. You will see the kid that is unpacking his new sneakers that he bought and he will have like 100,000 uh, views uh, with no quality, no script, no preparation. And then you have Rodney who spends uh, two days preparing for the video and he will have 17,000. Something is wrong. Yeah. Um, so, but you know what's interesting that I've noticed is it seems, and I'll think it, maybe it's board games, but if you look at tabletop games, the more niche, it seems like can gain more popularity. For for example, I think I mentioned this to you, Ignacy, offline. Magic the Gathering, there are some big channels out there with tens and thousands and hundreds of thousands of views. Miniatures and miniature painting. I, I, I told this, I think I told this to you, Ignacy. There's this channel called Miniac. Two years ago, when he hit a hundred thousand subs, he said, I'm going to start doing this. Uh, full-time. In two years, he now has 292,000. He's almost at 300,000. So he surpassed Dice Tower, Watch It Played, etc. And he's averaging views per video around 100,000 views per video. And that's for painting. So it seems like the more niche, maybe that's it. It's like, I'm very interested in miniatures. I want to watch this. I'm very interested in Magic the Gathering. Role-playing. Role-playing is huge on Twitch. I want to watch people role-play. Is board games just too broad? Steve, I have no answers. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm do, that's why I'm doing experiment. I have no clue. I, I, just, I just noticed something is wrong. Uh, the question is why, uh, or maybe not why. If Tom Vassar is asking himself the same question, if Rodney is asking himself the same question, uh, I, I, I'm asking this question officially, yes. Uh, something is wrong. Why board gamers are not watching uh, YouTube videos while all other hobbies has a uh, 10 times bigger bigger reach? It's because I'm watching dogs getting washed. I'm watching the top five mowers under 5,000. Zero turn has half a million views. I mean, come on. What, what can we say? The, the competition is stiff out there for the YouTube viewer. It is. And and I guess maybe it's the content. I, I guess it's one of the things, if you don't care about the game, you probably won't watch the review or how to play it, right? right. So you probably won't even watch somebody actually play it. Top 10 list. You put top 10 in front of anything. There's one thing, Ignacy, it seems to be true. Top X of anything gets views. People like lists. Correct. But there's so many top 10 lists on the, on, on the YouTube that... I'm not sure. And Tom is doing a ton of this list. Like, uh, he's renowned for the top 10 of everything. And still, he doesn't have this 500,000. We are talking about still we are in the niche. Even the, uh, the most popular videos, like these top 10s, they will have 20,000 views, 30,000 views. Why not 300,000 views? Why not half of the million thousand views? If we know that there is enough board gamers, I know the numbers of the print runs. I know how many games we are selling. I know how many games I sold of Robinson Crusoe or Detective. There are millions of people who played Robinson Crusoe and have a good time. And why they are not browsing for me on YouTube, I have no clue. Uh, I'm trying to figure it out or I'm closing the whole channel because it makes no sense to record video for few people. 
Because people would rather sit and play Robinson Crusoe than watch somebody else talk about it. It may be the case. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Have you done how to beat uh, a three-minute video of Joanna saying how to beat this army or something like that? Or some strategy, strategy? type things? Nope. Okay. There you go. There's an idea. I'm there. Boom. I don't even have to go to YouTube and type you a comment. I just told you a comment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, you give me... Th- you give me three minutes, sit down with some of your designers of here's a winning strategy. Oh, here's us, you know, the last three minutes of y'all getting decimated in Robinson. And I don't know either. It, it, it's a struggle. I know Marty tries so hard on our channel. It's why on my channel, on our channel, with who is way small, nobody watches. I don't talk about board game reviews. I am trying to do this segment where I talk about the top 10 most influential games of all time. That's more for me than anybody else because I just want to talk about it. But I've been doing these little just uh, off-the-head topics of just things about just the board game space because nobody's going to watch me play a game or talk about a specific game, even on Twitch. Uh, so if I get on and play like an online game on our small Twitch channel, I'll get double the number of views of people watching last week when I played the Switch's Mario Golf than I did anything else because people are more likely to tune in me playing a game on the Switch than they are me playing a game on the table. Yep. But anyway, well, here we go. So people, go help out Ignacy. Go to his YouTube channel, Portal Games. First, click that subscription. Click the notification bell because he's going to be every day for the rest of the year putting up one video. And it's good stuff. And it's short. It's not super long. It's five or six minutes long. So it's easy to digest. You can play it at one and a half speed if you want to make it four minutes long if you want. I I listen to a lot of videos at 1.25 speed, by the way. Uh, (laughs) Just uh, some of the longer ones. And it's interesting topics. Uh, uh, Some of it is, uh, one was on this one, his plans for... Uh, the YouTube channel, and let's make sure this channel stays around, and let's figure out what's going on. Why can't board gamers watch, or why won't board gamers watch YouTube channels about board games? I'd rather be playing games. That's true, too. Marty, I got a problem. What's the solution? The solution is, if you've just listened to this entire episode, because this is going to be one at the end of the commercials, uh, for Portal Games. This has been a commercial for Portal Games. I don't think we really need to do a commercial for Portal Games. I, I think it's covered. <laughs> we, you know, that's got a, a good point, Ignacy. Uh, here you are. Is there anything that we missed for your 60 to 120 second commercial spot? Please visit portalgamesus.com. <laughs> Which will redirect you to the shopping portal or wherever you get redirected. What was up with that, Ignacy? Yes, this is a very good question. Thank you. So, we had a Portal Games web store, portalgamesus.com, and what we noticed is that our customers had no clue about our activities, like releasing a game, like releasing a rulebook, like releasing a vlog. So we had to hack the system, confuse people like Tony with changing the domain. <laughs> so now when you go to buy my game at portagamesus.com, first you see the news section, and then when you learn about the news, you can buy the stuff. Okay, see, look at that. Look at that sales team. Look at Marty thinking about this. He's trying to figure out what is it. So when I go to portal... Portalgamesus.com. Check what you will see. You will see the recent... I will see now, available now, and it says new website address for US shop. But then it has latest news underneath, so you still can't see the latest news, like Nourishima Hex Beast 
and Million Dollar Script and Eleven, the new gallery. But if I click here, I now go to shopportalgames.com, which shows all the expansions that are now out for pre-order, such as Beast and Dune, but Dune is sold out. So we made the shopping harder so you can learn about the news. How smart it is. <laughs> And that was my idea. Luke was not very happy. <laughs> oh, Luke, don't worry about Luke. He'll get over it. He'll, he'll move on. He can forget about it. With that, so what is that URL again, Marty, that you may be redirected to? Hold on. I got to go back one because now I'm at shopportalgames.com. <laughs> no, that, if I go back, it goes to portalgames.pl slash en. So holy cow. Hold on. Portalgamesus.com, which is actually portalgames.pl slash en. But if you click here uh, for the shopping, you'll end up at shopportalgames.com. Straightforward. Remember that my Twitter handle is Trzewik. T-R-Z-E-W-A-K. <laughs> this is company only for the smart people. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Mondo Games just sent me the latest unmatched character Deadpool. Now we've talked about unmatched in the past. This is a two-player game from Restoration Games that involves miniatures on a board, playing cards, attacking, and trying to get each other's life down to zero. So it's a very basic concept, but what's unique is every character has its own feel and unique theme. Characters such as Dracula, Alice in Wonderland, Little Red Riding Hood, Beowulf, characters from Jurassic Park, characters from Buffy, well, now they've dipped their toe into the Marvel Universe with Deadpool. Now, for those of you who don't know, Deadpool is a very unique character in the Marvel Universe. He's very self-aware of what he is, which is a comic book character, and thus is all the time breaking the fourth wall. This is done in comics and especially in the movies, which I just howled at. And while I know that that type of humor or self-awareness may not be people sort of thing. I just absolutely love it. Like, for example, I loved Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's one of the first movies I ever saw where breaking the fourth wall was a thing. So I could not wait to try out this set. So this set requires a base set. The only thing that's going to come with this is a miniature, which is really nice, and a life dial and the cards themselves. And in the game, on your turn, you can draw a card, you can move, you can play a card from your hand, and you can attack when you attack. You play an attack card, your opponent has the chance to play a defense card. If your attack value is higher than their defense, you deal damage, but there's also text on the card that will be activated. But the thing I love about the Deadpool deck is now, now Restoration has always had amazing art and graphic design. That's just sort of their thing. But every card in this deck is unique and is its own Deadpool style. And the text on the card is so good. Again, it's self-aware of like you're playing a game. I'm just, I'm just going to have to read some of these because they're just so good. For example, one's called Time Out. It's a defense card or an attack card. You can immediately call Time Out and look through your deck and pick a card that you could play, discard this card and play that one instead, which is actually pretty darn powerful. This one's good. It's an attack card. Want to bet? After the game, if you won the game... Your opponent buys you a drink. If you lost the game, you buy them a drink. Again, very self-aware that, oh, you're, you're playing a game. All right, now this is really cool. During combat, if your opponent's name is on this card, the value is four instead of three. After combat, your opponent writes their name on this card if it's not already there. So it's adding a little bit of legacy elements here. I actually got to play this one. 
It's called Eat Me. It's a defense card. Immediately say Eat Me to your opponent. During combat, say Eat Me to your opponent. After combat, if you lost the combat, say Eat Me to your opponent. I just love these things. And every card is unique. I mean, there's there's some of them there in the style of the typical unmatched card styles, but there's some that looks like comic books. Here's one. Property of Gambit, do not steal Wade. It's an Ace of Spades, uh, which is its own card. God, the art is so good as you look at it. You, you got to go look at some art online. <laughs> Chimichanga Break. D- during combat, if there is food on the table, the value of this card is five instead, which I actually got used and there was food on the table. Uh, during combat, if this card isn't sleeved, its value is five. If you, After combat, if you're not wearing any pants, go put some on. The name of the card is I'm Not Wearing Pants. And even the character card itself. Listen to this. Um, by the way, after you attack, Deadpool recovers one health, which is nice. Okay. It says, also, if your opponent's real name is Logan, <laughs> all of your attacks are plus five. Come on. So good. Obviously, you're referring to a Wolverine. So I, I tell you, this is one of my favorite thematic decks that Restoration Games and Mondo has, has ever done. And here's what's so exciting. They announced earlier this year that uh, even more Marvel sets are going to be coming out, like uh, the Defenders and some, and some others. And because they nailed the theme of this character so well in this deck, I cannot wait to see what they do with other Mar- Marvel characters. And I tell you, if Unmatched wasn't in the mainstream gaming, you throw in these Marvel characters to where anybody who knows who these are are going to be very interested in trying out this game. I, I only see this game getting more popular over time with this, this Marvel license. So if you like Unmatched, you owe it to yourself to at least get this individual box. Again, it's just one character, no board or anything, just to see how clever... Deadpool is. Oh, and by the way, the regular price on this thing is only $18. Worth it. Worth it. Again, this is Unmatched, the Deadpool expansion from Restoration Games and Mondo. Five-minute initiative is complete. We're always talking about a little bit about some video games that we're playing. Ignacy, do you play video games still? I wish uh, I am. Uh, this is one of the hobbies that I have in theory. So I have a ton of uh, games. I have all these consoles, PlayStation and Switch, and of course my PC. And I have this Steam library of the games. And I have my PlayStation games. And I have Switch games. And I don't play them. And I tell myself that I will play them next month, uh, next month, and next month. So in theory, I am a video gamer. In practice, not so much. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I'm kind of the same way. I think Tony's been playing a lot more recently with his PS5. He's into Assassin's Creed now. Valhalla. That's why I'm going back the uh, P500 on Robinhood, just because I'm, oh, I need to take a break. I need to just step what, what's, away. What does Valhalla have to do with Robinhood? Well, it's all in England. You've got Sherwood. You've got that whole oh. area when the, the Norse came, came across the little... Oh, is Robin Hood a Viking? Did I miss something somewhere? <laughs> he could have been. You don't know. We need to go dig up his bones. We need to go find out. It's just the linking of all of England and the history behind it and just how they came and settled and where it would lead to next. Just go with it. Don't worry about this. Ignacy, you mentioned that I'm tying all this in together from like almost two hours ago. Uh, you talked about uh, Warhammer Fantasy. You loved Rank and File. 
Have you played the Total War Warhammer game on the PC, which is old school fantasy rank and file? I played. My son, my son helped me uh, understand the engine and understand the you know, whole management. So I played with my son. And I had a blast. Uh, it was very fun. I played my dwarf army and I played for a couple of days the campaign. And then things happened and life happened and I stopped. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Total War, Warhammer, superb game. I don't know if you know this. Number three is supposed to come out later this year with a whole new engine, whole new graphics. And every army that's been released up until now will be available in that game. I, too, have this big learning curve i got to get up. All three of my sons play, so I need to sit them down with me like you did and say, okay, can you teach me how this works? And maybe if you got time, and maybe if I got time, maybe we can dig into that and play sometime. It'd be fun. It would be fun, and this is, uh, this is how uh, old people hack the system. They ask <laughs> sons to help them. Uh, the same was for, for me for the Frostpunk, uh, amazing engine-building uh, video game. I was trying to understand that my son was sitting at the desk with me. He was playing on the switch and just looking at the monitor. Hey, do this, do this, do this. And he was like a living tutorial for me. So, uh, yes, it's good to have a son at some point in life. I had a, uh, I had a tutorial like that for an hour. I was sitting in front of the TV with the switch as my son taught me how to play Civ six on the switch because he'll spend hours playing that game and i'm just sitting there going i I don't know what's going (laughs) on over here it's like learning through the ages by myself you know so uh yes having sons that play video games that are deep and we'll spend time working with you. Hey, that's what we got a YouTube for, right? That's where that's why I'm going to YouTube is how do I play Total War Warhammer? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's what you're using it for. What's the little girl up to, Ignacy? Besides riding horses. <laughs> wow, that was a pivot, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I don't have a son. Okay, fine. I need to bring something in about me. She's into sports. She plays basketball. Uh, and now starting this September, she wants to switch to play volleyball. That was... Uh, as with all parents, quite a, quite a task to bring her to all these trainings, go and back, go and back, and on weekends, on matches, so quite a time spent, uh, but she enjoyed that and she's good, so we were very, very happy. And she played basketball, as I said, last year, and now she wants to try volleyball. So once again, we are going to go to trainings and matches, etc., etc. So switch that switch sometimes help. I was going to say that's right. When you're going to there, that's, that's where the switch will come out at that point to be able to play that. So that's why you need Nurishima Hex on the switch so yep. you can play at the matches. Yeah. How's Ignacy? Uh, was it squash? Was it squash? You were trying to beat all the youngsters in the office. I played squash, and uh, my my uh, uncle uncle. In, mm-hmm. uh, ankle part mm-hmm. of my body yeah yeah uh, didn't didn't like it so i had to stop and now i yeah that was terrible and now i play uh play tennis uh, much less you know changes and pivots uh, so it's uh, still racket still uh, hitting the ball but uh, without these uh, super quick turns yeah uh, so tennis i really like it is there such thing i, I hope oh here we go yeah here we go old man sport old person pickleball you got pickleball in Poland? No, I haven't heard about this. Okay, go to YouTube, type in P-I-C-K-L-E-B-A-L-L. Pickle, don't put your head in your hand there, Marty. I'm trying to teach the man. He's getting older. His ankle bothers him. He still plays tennis. I'll play tennis with you. You'll beat me, but I love playing tennis. I love playing tennis too. I'm just trying to get No, you're too old. You got to play pickleball. Guys, that would be awesome if you come to Poland and instead of playing board game, we just go to play tennis. That would be insane. Would it though? 
Yeah, I don't know. Cool. We're, we're, <laughs> that'd be fun. I'm a baseball player. That's how I I see a fence. The ball's going over the fence. That's how I play. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I thought I was supposed to get out of the court. Yeah. Oh, okay. Keep it in the court. I see. And I only know one swing, and there's no backhand on this. This I cannot backhand. Oh, my. I hit somebody in the back of the head with the ball. I took two semesters of tennis in college or university. Oh. I'm not any good, not in not any means, but I just really, I just really enjoy playing. I took, I took one semester in high school of swimming, uh-huh. and I still cannot swim. That was terrible semester. <laughs> I'm a rock. I was, I was drawing every week. Every week I had a mandatory swimming lesson, and it didn't work for me. I still cannot swim. That was a terrible year for me. So you um, are very much into watching volleyball. Did you ever play volleyball? Only like two years ago I started. Uh, and due to the COVID, the whole thing was stopped. So I'm waiting for the whole group to get back to playing. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, uh, but it was a new experience for me. So a lot of people are like, guys, why are you talking about sports? You want me to tell you why? It's because it's just good exercise. You should be a well-rounded person. You should play your games for your mind, go out a little bit and do some physical activity for your body. Wise words. And then do something for your soul. I don't know what that would be. Yoga? I don't know. Oh, that's... <laughs> I went and did that. I hurt myself. <laughs> I want to I want to see you do downward dog or whatever it is. Hey, that's not the hard one. There was one she was telling us to do and I was just like there it's not happening. <laughs> She's like, well, if you if you don't know how to do that, return to the child pose. And I'm like, okay, I can do that. I can do that. The child pose? What is that? Uh, basically go fetal. Go fetal, go ball up. I'm serious. We have a whitewater center near uh, where I live, Ignacy. Go rafting, kayaking, and all that really cool stuff. But also in the evenings, you can go out and it's free yoga. And you go under the trees, and it was, Marty, it was was soothing. It was for the soul. Do you wear your little yoga pants? Yeah. Like that's going to happen. (laughs) Do you have your favorite pose you could do on the floor right now so we can see behind you so we can see what it is? No, because I got earphones in and I got to hear your laughter after I try to do it. You can do warrior. No, you don't. That's that's why we want to see it. Here's warrior. There's warrior. Oh, warrior's boring. Did you not do yoga on the Wii? No. Oh my, did you, oh, you missed so. You ever do yoga, Ignacy? No, but I must uh, say that I appreciated that this episode has the best Strange topics ever. (laughs) Guys, today you're like on fire, seriously. And you're part of that fire. It's in Fuego around here. Hey, at least we got up to record with you and didn't come up with some lame butt excuse like your other podcasting buddy, Mr. Bonacore. Yeah, going on vacation. I'm going to turn old. I'm going to go get on vacation. I'm going to go do this. I can't record with you right now. So, Ignacy, thank you so much for taking the time for coming on the episode. We really do appreciate it. We miss you, buddy. Can't. I know you're not coming over to uh, Gen Con. We're not even going, but uh, hopefully we'll get together in 2022. Is that a possibility, maybe? I know if we come to Poland, it is. The borders will be open because it's still a problem to come to America from Europe. But if borders are open, I will come to BGGCon. So we may see each other in Dallas if you will go to BGGCon. Um, but it depends on the on the laws and restrictions. I'll be 100% honest with you, man. It, if you went to BGGCon, I would make every effort to go. Otherwise, I don't know what, that I would. 
sort of deal. So it's like I hadn't seen you in so long. So if you make the effort to go to BGGCon, I will actually try to go to BGG. Awesome. I appreciate it. I don't have a room or anything. I don't even know if you can still get a room. I don't know it uh, also, but uh, first I need to have uh, regulations, open the borders, and then I can buy flight ticket and then figure it out. Uh, rest. Uh, so you're talking 2021, not 2022. I'm talking this year. I really miss miss uh, lots of people from the industry. I hired a couple of people in America I haven't met ever, even so this is ridiculous. Uh, it's time to meet my, my employees uh, and my friends. I played with one of your employees the other night on the Twitch stream uh, playing uh, Empires of the North. Yes, I saw. I appreciate that. <laughs> that was fun. They probably assumed that they were going to easily beat me. I assumed they were easily going to beat me, and I actually snuck out the win in the end, if I played correctly. You may have watched and go, y'all played that all wrong, but uh, that was... I, I love Empires of the North. If y'all haven't played the Empires of the North, it is... It is so good. It has all the 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 meat and meat and potatoes and feeling of imperial settlers, but adds this little thing of like a little bit of like a worker placement yep. of putting your token out, token out, and being able to do some extra actions that are considerably better than what you could potentially do with your cards and like for building you can build for free it's like man i really want to build this building but i don't have the right resources well there's an option to get your building out for free that's right so good it's such a good game yeah next time you schedule that let me know i mean you know i i don't mind you locking me out of these things but i oh you aren't locked out you just never do anything like that and in fact if you watch the stream and you saw in the emails at the very end they said we would love to have tony on so you're oh yeah you know, be like, so we asked Tony to come on. Well, I can't. I got to go see Van Gogh. I got to go do this. I got to go do this. I got to watch TV. Put it on the schedule, man. You know how I work around here. <laughs> Just avoid the pickleball league. The, now, here we uh, go. Game night. The recording night with Marty. Okay, I got game <laughs> night with Marty. I got recording night with Marty. I mean, come on, man. You're 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 twice a week. How much? Jeez. I, I'm only recording every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now you got me up Saturday morning. See, now you're in our now you're in our life here, Ignacy. See where we go. This is how it is. <laughs> this is how it goes. I can't help it. Ignacy has his own very successful podcast. He's like, it is nothing like this. This is Bonacore and I were in and out in thirty to forty five minutes, and we're gone with the rest of our day. And I sit here with you idiots for two hours now. Dealing with this mess. Poland should have won. I would have saved my time. (laughs) Poland cost me in multiple ways. One, we could have had a gold. Two, I wouldn't have to be sitting here right now with these guys. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are not making fun of golden medal. That was really terrible. That was... uh, No, not making fun at all. It's just... uh, uh, and by the way, uh, the game is over. U.S. lost their gold medal in baseball. So we're all losers wow. today on multiple levels. Japan won gold in baseball? Yeah, but wow. they got Japan is very big yeah, in sure. baseball. Yeah. Huge. Very big in baseball. Yep, yep. Them, Dominican Republic, there are several countries that are huge baseball. They have big baseball teams there, and they're one of them. Interesting. Well, I'm going to end this now, so keep rolling dice. Uh, and taking the, hey you want to say it you want to say Ignacy you say it why don't you try to count down like we did at the start okay no let's not Let, let's, let's not just 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 do All it right, see well, if he's got it okay and I'm going in this now keep rolling dice and taking names
A big thanks to Ignacy coming on the show. Make sure to go follow him on his YouTube channel where he's going to be posting videos every day for the rest of the year. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at Dyson Names and come join our Discord channel. Uh, since you started a little bit earlier, I'm going to do a countdown from 10 to 1. When I get to 5, can you join in? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Well, Ignacy, if you don't do it, this has no purpose. <laughs> You're supposed to do it with us. You're supposed to sync with us. I, I was watching. It was really interesting. Very Okay, I'm back. <laughs> Here we go. 10, 9... In this episode, Ignacy from Portal Games joins the guys to talk about upcoming games from Portal. <laughs> I, I, I sucked pixie dust down my throat. <coughs> I'm better now, thanks. I guess I shouldn't have Are pixie you? sticks while, while you're recording. No. <laughs> uh, all right, Ignacy, you want to record your own commercial? I'm not prepared. <laughs> Neither are we. <laughs> yeah, this is how it works. <laughs>